0: Welcome back, NEC Hoops fans, to the NEC On the Run podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. My name's Ron Radner. I'm joined by NEC blogger Ryan Peters. You can find him on Twitter at Pioneer underscore Pride, and we are ready to get going this week. Ryan, three weeks in, we have six teams separated by one game from first place. It is a uh, we're setting up for a nice uh, tiebreaker march for for the NEC staff. We can't wait. Uh, The games have been great. Um, Let's start this week with LeMoyne. LeMoyne, first year in the NEC, pulls off their first two-game weekend sweep, and they do it in an impressive fashion with a huge road win and then a convincing home win.
1: Yeah, credit to Nate Champion and his team. You know, they're veterans. They start they start five seniors, and then have Isaiah Salter, who's a senior himself, coming off the bench. So this is a, a really veteran group. And the thing that's really distinguishing them in league play is they're shooting 41% from three, and they have a number of guys who could fill it up from behind the arc, whether it's, you know, Kai Cleary or Nate McClure or Luke Sutherland as that stretch four man. Um, you know they scored 1.27 points per possession in those two wins against Central um, and St. Francis that's pretty impressive and they're bums away they take more than almost more than half their shots from three so they know what they are they're a team that can make perimeter jumpers and when they are on like they were on last week they can pull off that big upset in New Britain against Central Connecticut and you know credit to credit to the, you know, LeMoyne for figuring out a way to win that game in regulation against central Connecticut. You know, the blue Devils seemingly had the last shot in regulation and I know Jordan Jones saw it seem, he tried to get to the rim. He missed a shot and then credit to Kai Cleary and Nate McClure kind of connecting on that terrific fast break with less than five seconds left and the finger roll to, you know, get the win with 1.2 seconds, just a great finish for LeMoyne. And, uh, you know, that veteran team, now they're rolling. They have some confidence. They're one game back in the standings at three and two. And uh, they're just like Stonehill last year. You know, the veteran team coming in from the NE10, they're going to be a factor down the, down the road here.
0: So one correction, that was actually DePersia who made that pass to McClure at the end of the game, the, okay. the bounce gotcha. pass. So let's just talk a little bit about the experience of this team that you touched on. So I'm looking at the roster now. You have uh, Kai Cleary, Mike DePersia, Isaiah Salter, Luke Sutherland, Nate McClure—all grad students. So they've been through. Uh, let's see, one, two, three. Is it four of those five have played Division One basketball prior to uh, coming on at Lemoyne? Okay, so they've been there. They have experience. They've been through big games and going to central connecticut an unbeaten team playing great basketball they just didn't seem phased they took every shot that central gave them and came back and answered it and then the next game against st francis you you're also now of course they had an unreal shooting night 18 three pointers it was the most three pointers in an nec game since 1998 so they shot lights out but in your mind their performance against central and then against a very young SFU team that has a ton of talent but you know they're starting four freshmen and uh, an underclassman starting lineup how much does that experience play in to what they can do here in their first year is there a there's like a Merrimack Stonehill like quality to what they're doing right now from their first years
1: yeah, they they have twenty-two and twenty-three year olds. And when they're playing a Saint Francis team with eighteen and nineteen year olds, that's a big advantage. You know, I think back to to Wagner in the last year with Alex Morales and Elijah Ford and Will Martinez, those were men among boys. And, you know, their experience obviously played a big role. And, you know, Lemoyne, if you have that experience like Merrimack did in their first year in the NEC and then Stone Hill last year in their first year, that, that plays up that plays up and they're, they're going to be unfazed. And some of these guys previously do, do have division one experience. So they're not, you know, new to this kind of level of competition. So they know what they're doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, the experience is huge, but obviously you need playmakers too. And they have great playmakers. Kai Cleary is a top five player. In my opinion, he could, he could get a shot anywhere on the floor. Uh, Luke Sutherland is a problem. He's a stretch four man who can make a a perimeter bucket. So you got to go out and guard him. That's a problem. Um, you know, and to Persia, he is just, I love him as a point guard. He's doesn't turn the ball over, finds, finds open teammates. He's a beast on the defensive end of the floor. Great on the ball defender. I mean, they just got Isaiah Salters coming off the bench. I think he's underperformed up to this point in the season, but he's got another level in this game, which we actually saw. He had 15 points in one of the games this weekend. So uh, yeah, no, this team is going to be a factor. They have the experience. Nate Champion's been around the block a few times, you know, as a player and a coach with this team. So look out, you know, as a as a Sacred Heart alum, I'm relieved that they got that win in LeMoyne out of the way before (laughs) LeMoyne caught fire, you know, because now going up to LeMoyne is going to be a problem for a lot of these schools.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pick your poison with LeMoyne. Who are you going to leave open? Who are you going to allow to take? Uh, shots if they're knocking down shots they're they're tough to beat there's probably going to be some games where the three's just not going to be there that day maybe those are the days where you can pick them off um but a fantastic start for Lemoyne in their first year in the nec let's go to another hot team right now uh, that you just mentioned sacred heart uh sacred heart now four and one tied with central for first place in the NEC standings. They seem to have now righted the ship after a a bit of a struggle period at the end of non-conference play. We are going to talk to Joey Riley later in the podcast, who has been red hot from three point range. What's your impressions of your pioneers at this point in the season? Now I know they're still dealing, they're dealing with some injuries, but it hasn't seemed to, they, they haven't lost their stride here in the last couple of weeks.
1: They haven't. They've been playing well. They do need to get Nico Gallette healthy. We don't know when he's going to return. He's been dealing with injuries, and he tried to play up at LeMoyne, but he just couldn't move really well on the floor, so he only ended up playing nine minutes in that game. Um, They hope to get him back soon. Um, I don't know about Tanner Thomas. You know He's got a bad back right now. He hasn't been progressing as they they want him to, so I don't know if we're going to see him the rest of the year. They're hoping they could get him back, and obviously he'd be a big boost to that offense, but um, you know, Joey Riley has been kind of carrying the team right now. He's been shooting lights out from three. And because of Riley's shot making, he's made, he's scored at least 20 points in the last three games. Aiden Carpenter's really emerged of late. He's got three straight games and double figures. We already know how good Alex Sobel is, you know, is that unique big man, that five man who could, who could score in the low post. He could pass anywhere on the floor. Uh, he's great in transition. And the, you know, the, the cast of characters, you know, Solomon could get hot at various times. McGuire's done a better job lately of not turning the ball over. He was kind of a turnover machine early on. But, you know, he had five five assists, only two turnovers against a tough Wagner defense on Sunday. And that certainly helped. So um, they're going to need Nico, I think, to compete with the Merrimack's and Central Connecticut's of the world. But right now they're kind of riding the ship. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. And they're obviously uh, holding serve at home so i you know i like the pioneers way they're looking as long as they could get nico galette back healthy and that remains to be seen for the moment
0: i think we talked about it in previous weeks about the depth of this team the depth the talent the size of this team what do you think you know as a health if sacred hearts healthy and firing on all cylinders do you think they could be the best team in this league
1: yeah, I mean they were the preseason number one, and I think that was with a, for a reason. Um, I don't know if that was unanimous number one. Was that unanimous?
0: I don't. I don't think so. Maybe one no, team got really, voted as number yeah.
1: one besides Saquar. But most of the coaches agreed that this was the most complete roster when they had Nico Glett and Tanner Thomas and all those guys. You know, and we didn't know at that point how good Alex Sobel would be. You know, Kyle McGee has been a factor. You know, you know for for the Pioneers as well. Yeah, if 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 Nico Glett comes back. I'm comfortable saying that it's them Merrimack and central Connecticut at the top of this league. And it could go any way, any which way in that NEC tournament, when you need, you, you need a couple possessions to go your way, when you need the bounce of your ball, they would actually be, you know, in contention if they have a fully healthy team at that point. Um, but, you know, injuries happen too. look at Wagner. Wagner has got seven guys right now and they're still figuring out that, you know, they're, they're still playing well at four and two, um, you know, or I'm sorry, three and two. But, yeah, Sacred Heart absolutely can be contended. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, they're playing like a contender right now. But, like I said, they're going to need Nico Gwett for the stretch run, especially when they have to play Central Connecticut and Merrimack in March.
0: Right. Sacred Heart did get seven of the nine first-place votes in, in the preseason poll. So they were they were a clear favorite. One last thing on Sacred Heart. We're going to talk to Joey Riley. Uh, Joey Riley right now is in that 50-40-90 range. He's shooting over 50% from the field, 40% from 3, 90% from the line. I look this one up. 13 players in the history of the NCA have finished the season with those numbers. Now, Joey needs to do a little work getting to the line to meet the meet the minimums because he hasn't mm-hmm. gone to the line enough. He's probably about a a half a free throw made per game short right now, but what he's done has been special to start league play. I mean, I love watching him. I love watching him free himself up for shots. He's got a nice, quick release. It's so it's so smooth. And when he is able to hit shots like that, how much does that open things up for the guy, for the other players, the carpenters, the galettes? They can drive to the hoop, and then even Sobel, you know, doing his work on the block.
1: It's huge because, you know, Sacred Heart's problem in the past few years has been three-point shooting. They just haven't shot the ball particularly well from the perimeter. Last year, I believe, they were 31% from deep, and that doesn't really get it done. You don't really have respect for the slashers or the interior players when you're only shooting 31% from deep. And that was with Riley shooting 40% from three. But re- recently, Riley's just been unconscious, and we other pioneers have shot well enough from three where when you have that element of being able to make perimeter shots, it just opens up your offense that much more, especially when you have now a post threat like Alex Sobel and a guy in Alex Sobel who could actually pass the ball, you know, you he could he could do a skip pass and find the open shooter. So when you have a Joey Riley and Riley's really good at moving without the ball, he could, he could bring the ball up as a point guard, but he moves well without the ball. You know, he he found a corner against that Wagner zone last Sunday and was able to make a couple corner threes. Ah, uh, he could get out and transition really quick and find his spot. And like you said, he has a quick release, so it's huge when when Riley can make shots. But not only Riley, when you know when Mike Sixsmith can make make shots and Nico Galette, you know he's he's had success in the past. And you know Aiden Carpenter's done pretty well this year. You know shooting thirty three percent from three, and and Solomon can get hot at times. So they need more than Joey Riley from deep. But when the Pioneers are making threes, you know when they're making at least maybe thirty five, thirty six percent of their threes, this is a really tough offense to guard.
0: Another team that can really shoot the ball is FDU. Started out 0 and 2 this year. Now ran off three straight wins. Right back in the mix now. Uh, I, you know, we know that FDU can score the ball, uh, but they seem to have turned things around a little bit on the other end of the floor. Now at three and two. Where do you, uh, where do you see them right now? They've gotten, obviously, uh, Ansley Almanor is, has been a huge offensive threat for them. But now Terrence Brown stepping up as a
1: freshman guard back in the starting lineup now. I think that's been a big
0: boost for the team.
1: It's been huge. He had 15, seven and three assists against Stonehill. And, uh, you know, in that second half, you know, Stonehill was right there in that game. He, three or four times, he knifed his way through that Stonehill zone and, and made tough runners in the lane tough running layup. so he is a dynamic playmaker he's been a he's been a boon to Jack Castleberry I knew that he needed Jack needed one of those freshmen to step up and become that two-man for him and and Terrence Brown certainly is that guy right now um and you mentioned Almore Almonor, you know 24 points against Stonehill he had three uh three three pointers in the corners against stone against that Stonehill zone which is huge and uh It was just like last year, you know, Tobin Anderson's defense took a while to mature, to come into its own. And obviously they peaked at the right time where, you know, in, in, in March, you know, against, uh, against Texas Southern and Purdue and then FIU, they just played wonderful defense in the NCAA tournament. I think we're starting to see Jack Castleberry's group come together defensively a little bit better of the last three games. They've held their opponent under a point per possession. They don't have to be awesome defensively, but if they're good with that offense, they could also they could also be in that top tier and compete. You know, I think we're kind of sleeping a little bit on FDU because we we like Merrimack and their elite defense. Central Connecticut's raised eyebrows with their hot start. Sacred Heart, you know, they had the pedigree preseason. Now they're starting to play up to that level. We've kind of forgotten about FDU a little bit because maybe they didn't have the best non-conference season that we would have liked to see. But you know, don't forget these guys have won big tournament games. You know, yeah. Almanor Joe Munden. I mean, all these guys. I mean, they're 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 certainly accomplished. They're hungry. They obviously want to, um, you know, they, they they want to like kind of replicate the success from last year. And then Joel Emmanuel's really stepped up in his sophomore year. He's he's a man right now. He's a guy who could definitely be an all conference player. He's he's actually one of the most efficient guys on that night's team in terms of shooting the two and and just being you know really efficient on the offensive glass. So uh, no, this is a team that could definitely compete. We can't forget about them. They've taken care of business these last three games. You know, they haven't beaten anyone huge yet, but, you know, they're going to host Sacred Heart next Saturday. That's going to be a big one for them, a big test for both teams. I don't know if Nico Glett will play in that game, but that'll be a good statement win if Jack Castleberry can somehow get the win there on that Saturday.
0: FDU starts four-game home uh, homestand right now. It's opening up with Central Sacred Heart. So we will learn a lot over yeah. the, this week. Um then we have LIU and Wagner. So, four games, FDU, a uh, team that, you know, if you watch them, they never they're never out of a game. That team can roll oh. off 12 straight points in 2 minutes. I've seen it this year. You know, they'll they'll get into a deficit and then they'll work their way right back out of it. So, uh, FDU is a dangerous team. But let's talk about we talked about them last week, the Wagner 7, right? The Seahawks 7, the Seahawks magnificent 7. seven. And what a really nice win they had up at Merrimack. Merrimack had won 13 in a row at home. Really tough place to play. And Wagner goes up there and gets the job done. Uh, Donald Copeland doing a great job this season. Uh, That improved them. They were were in first place for a couple of days there before falling in a very competitive game uh, against Sacred Heart on Sunday. But what were your thoughts watching that Merrimack-Wagner game?
1: It was impressive. You know, Merrimack took a five point lead late in that first half, and it kind of looked like that might be it for Wagner. You know, Merrimack would start to go on a little bit of a run and just continue to build up that separation and, and get a comfortable win at home. But they opened the second half on a 12 2 run. Um, and I was just so impressed. You know, these guys, these seven guys complement each other so well. You know, you have the elite slasher and transition guy in Melvin Council, you have the bully ball four man who's great in the mid range in Teron Allen. Keontae Lewis is your bruiser down low, um, you know, Kelton's that stretch four man who also could run the floor, you know, Julian Brown's a playmaker. He could get a shot anywhere on the floor and he could, he could make it. He's very efficient. And then Javier Scar is that high IQ point guard. And then even sex Songo, you know, we saw 15 and seven out of him against Merrimack. You know, he was great at just using as athleticism to find scenes in that zone and finish, you know, he finished, he made three buckets on cuts against that Merrimack zone. So, his athleticism um, and he's really good on the defensive glass, you know, these seven guys, it's a thin team, but they all complement each other really, really well. That's what I love about this team. And uh, they're, they're all bought in, you know, you're, you're always going to be bought in if you're under Donald Copeland or Bashir Mason or those guys, like they buy, they, they're bought in on the defensive end. They did just enough to kind of slow Jordan Durkak down in that game. You know, Durkak only had eight points on, on three of nine shooting. And that's certainly an off night for him. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're a, they're a live team for sure. I mean, they're, they're obviously, I would love to see him get one, one or two more guys into that rotation If say Blake could ever come back or maybe Churchill bounce gives them a little more depth down low, but they're running really well with the seven guys right now. Um, obviously it, it's precariously thin, you know, they can't afford another injury or two, but um, you know, this, this is a really good group of seven and I'm sure Donald Copeland is pleased with his team being now three and two going into, you know, going into a big home matchup against Merrimack on Thursday. Yeah, rematch uh,
0: immediately here. I think uh, Seg Zongo is one of the great stories in the NEC this year. Probably a, a player projected to be towards the, the back end, if, if if at all, in the Wagner he's rotation the when man, the season started, right? And, and now opportunity came for him, and he's kind of taken the ball and, and run with it. And as you said, has become a, a key part of the rotation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean he has to. He's the seventh man. Like
0: <laughs> but he's doing it. Like he's getting the job done. He's he's producing. He's doing
1: it. Yeah. I mean, there's been some great teams that have only had like six or seven guys in the rotation. I think back to I think Greg Correnda's second championship. He only had six guys on that, you know. And then but that was, you know, he had Darnell Edge and uh, you know, Jaleel Jenkins and Mike Holloway and Caleb Bishop. I mean, those are um and Elijah Williams. I mean, those are you know great players. Um, but you know. Copeland is making it work with these seven, you know, credit to him, you know, great job by this coaching staff to coach these guys up, get them to buy into their role and to kind of keep them healthy. You know, it's, it's been, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy when you only have seven guys for practice, you can't really run a lot of live stuff. You just got to keep your guys healthy and hope for the best. And uh, these guys are adapting really well. And uh, I just, like I said, I hope they could get one or two more guys to join that rotation. And then I think Wagner is going to be a real threat here come February, March.
0: I think the Wagner coaches are staying in good shape because they I need them in are. practice. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> it's all right, Both practicing too. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, let's uh, meet up with Joey Riley now and hear what the uh, one of the NEC's uh, hottest players right now has to say. Welcome NEC fans to the NEC on the Run podcast on the NEC overtime Pod. Today's guest with myself and Ryan Peters. Sacred Heart grad student guard Joey Riley Joey thanks for joining us today
2: yeah thank you for having me all
0: right Joey so you come off a very solid win for the Pios against a really hot Wagner team on Sunday offense was was at a premium in this game um knowing that you're playing against a, a Wagner team that's known for its tough on the ball defense how did your team score enough points to get this win
2: Uh, We we just stayed resilient. Uh, We have a lot of really dynamic offensive personnel. Uh, We knew going into the game that Wagner is is a very good defensive team this year, as they always are. So we're probably going to go through a couple droughts uh, scoring-wise. I mean, they do a good job of kind of keeping you on on your toes, switching between man and zone. So uh, we just had to have faith in our game plan. And even when we went through short spells where the ball wasn't going in the basket, just kind of stick with – with our offensive execution and keep believing in each other, taking quality shots, and we knew at the end of the day, uh, we, we would put some points some points on the board.
1: Yeah, you made four threes in that game against Wagner Joey, all in the catch and shoot variety. And now you're a red hot twenty one of thirty eight from deep in your last seven. I know you struggled a bit with your perimeter shot early in the year. You know, after that BU game at home where you, got, you guys lost, you were around twenty five percent from three, which is certainly uncharacteristic given your talents you know with respect to that did you attribute that cold start to like you know something in particular maybe mechanical or is that just college basketball sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're not
2: uh it, it's just the nature of the game i mean sometimes you you make a lot of shots sometimes the ball just doesn't go in and as a shooter my mindset um if if i go through a, a spell where I'm not making a percentage of shots that I'm normally making. My mindset is that I got a lot of makes coming my way, which, uh, which has been the case lately. And I think that if you're a great shooter over a long, a large sample size and over a longer period of time, uh, your statistical output is going to reflect your kind of intrinsic value as a shooter. So yeah, it's just, it's just kind of ups and downs of the game. And um yeah, nothing nothing mechanical. It just wasn't wasn't really falling. And, yeah, as a shooter, I mean, I'm never going to lose confidence in my shot. You just got to keep shooting, and they're going to fall eventually.
1: Yeah, you're certainly up right now. But to your credit, when you were down with your perimeter shot, you've been wonderfully efficient the whole season at the rim. You're 75% this year at the rim. That part of your game has really grown. How have you gotten to that evolution where you're now a threat inside the arc as well?
2: Yeah, just putting in a lot of work. I mean, kind of finishing around the rim and being being selective, uh knowing when I think a lot of people kind of just expect me to to really hunt down threes so then when people are really running me off the line I can I can get some good angles and um also kind of be being a threat to to pass it uh when you get in the paint. Um I, I have a pretty good I've had a pretty good assist turnover ratio throughout my career. So I think that be, being a threat when I get in the paint of whether I'm going to pass it out or, or shoot has benefited me, yeah. And then just putting in the work, um, and yeah, I've I've been able to to make a lot of shots from two this year, which is which is definitely nice.
1: There's a great connection between Coach Latina and the Riley family. You know, many many people out there know that you know your uncle Luke coached you at East Catholic, and obviously Luke and Coach Latina were teammates at South Catholic in Connecticut. I know Coach Latina recruited you out of high school when you elected to go to Holy Cross has has he ever gotten on your case and said like, come on, Joey, you should have gone to Sacred Heart right from the get-go. No,
2: nah, he, he was really happy when I went to Holy Cross in the first place. And at the time uh, it was, it was a decision that I was very comfortable with. Obviously I'm super happy that I ended up here and everything uh, since I've been here has been, has been amazing. It's been an amazing experience, but uh, yeah, it's, it's great playing for a coach who I have a close relationship with and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that Coach Latina and the rest of the staff here has given me. And yeah, the, everything just worked out exactly how it was supposed to. Hey,
0: Joey, let's talk a little bit about your shooting. Um, you're on this hot streak right now. It's been fun to watch. Let's have a little fun here. If I gave you 100 shots, 100 threes, 20 from each spot in a practice, how many of those are you going to can?
2: In a practice setting with no defense, catch and shoot. No defense, rapid fire, fire up. Uh, I'm minimum of eighty. I think. <laughs> I think that catch and shoot. Yeah, just over a large sample size. Like I said, I mean, if you catch me on an off day, it might be it might be in the seventies. You catch me on a hot day, it could be in the nineties. But mm-hmm. yeah, on, on an average day, I'm saying around the eighty mark. Anybody beating you on your team? On my team, uh, we got some great shooters. I mean. I don't think so, but we, we got some guys where if they're hot, I mean, Kyle McGee, Mike Sixsmith, uh, Raheem Solomon, those guys can really shoot it. But I mean, of, cu- of course, I'm going to say myself, but on, on any day, like we got some real good shooters. So I was
0: watching some of your highlights from the other night and I see how hard you work to find those openings. Um, how much of being a great shooter is that is finding the gaps in the defense and also wh- what, what, how much of Sacred Heart's game plan is designed to get you those good looks
2: yeah we we put in uh, a couple plays lately to to kind of free me up and get me some looks um, I mean we have a great offensive package full of plays and we have so many weapons like we got a lot of our plays aren't really designed just to kind of look for one person it's it's kind of a progression where getting me a three or getting. Nico would drive or getting Sobel, a paint touch. Like, those are all really, really good offensive actions for our team. So a lot of our plays is kind of a, pro- a progression where we have multiple things we can look for. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, moving without the ball has been something that I've kind of got a knack for over the years of just um, – as an undersized guard, you can really shoot it. People are, are really trying to run you off the line. So I think that moving more and uh, really th- – expanding my range. I think that one thing that's helped me out this year has been uh, taking some some deeper threes and just to be able to get them off. And sometimes uh, as an undersized guard, shooting a rhythm three a couple feet off the line can be easier than shooting the line with a six, nine guy closing out. So um, yeah, I think those have helped me out this year.
0: Joey, last question. Uh, you're in a good spot right now after Sunday's win, four and one, tied for first in the standings. To get, over, to get over the hump, to win the league in the regular season, win that title, what does Sacred Heart need to do?
2: Uh, we just got to keep getting better every day. We have some great personnel. We have a great staff putting together some great scouting reports. So we just got to take it day by day, one game at a time. Uh, sometimes if, if you look too far ahead in the future, it can, can take your focus away from what needs to be done in the present moment. So we're just focused on having a great practice tomorrow. Uh, we're heading down to Pennsylvania on Thursday. We got a real important game there. And then we got FDU after that. So we're just focused on those two games, getting a win and then enjoying it because college basketball is a beautiful thing. We we got a lot of upperclassmen on the team who, who only have so many games left. So uh, we're really focused on on winning and and trying to put ourselves in the best position to win the championship. But I think that we got a lot of guys who really value spending time together and and having fun. Cause for a lot of us, this is our last ride. So we're just enjoying every second of it, soaking it all up and, uh, we have enough talent, so we're just going to work hard and let the results take care of themselves.
0: College basketball is a beautiful thing. it's perfectly said, uh, thanks Joey for like providing us your insights today. It was a great interview. We wish you the best of luck for the remainder of the season. And, um, Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again before the end of the season.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was, this was great.
0: All right. For for Ryan Peters, uh, this was Joey Riley on the NEC overtime pod interview. Thanks to Joey Riley for taking some time to talk to myself and Ryan today. Ryan, I thought that was a really good interview, real cerebral, cerebral player. He kind of got into the mechanics of what make a great shooter and what sacred
1: heart does to enable him to get those good looks. I mean, listen, he's six feet tall, 170 pounds. You would not mistake him to be an elite athlete, obviously. So when you've scored 1,800 points in high school and now you're dropping 20 points, you know, on average in NEC games, uh, you know, you have to be really skilled, like IQ, high IQ guy, a guy who knows how to move without the ball, a guy who just knows, you know, how to hit mid-range jumpers. He's got a quick release. Now, he's a really smart, cerebral player. The thing that impressed me the most is he would make, he thinks on average, he'd make 80 of a hundred in practice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan, how many are you knocking down out of a hundred?
1: Oh God. Um, right now off the couch, i probably probably, uh, I'll, I'll give myself 35.
0: I can beat that. I think I can beat 35.
1: Maybe 40. I don't know. Maybe I'm shortchanging myself, but yeah. If I ever have any free time again, uh, you know, after maybe one of my daughter's travel games, I'll, I'll go behind the arc and uh, I'll ask one of the girls to feed me a hundred balls and we'll see how I do.
0: Maybe I don't beat you, but I can beat your daughter in the U10 uh, basketball. (laughs) I think I can do that. (laughs)
1: All right, let's... She doesn't have a a three-point range quite yet.
0: (laughs) It'll come soon. All right, Ryan, let's move on to our NEC TV games this week. Two on the slate. First up, our first ESPNU game of the season. It's a good one. FDU hosting Central Connecticut, 5 p.m. on Thursday. Ryan, this is sort of a you have, a, as we talked about it, red hot FDU team, an essential team that's been everything, you know, they've been, we thought they would be
1: in more. Yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup. And, you know, the thing that I think whoever can control the glass is going to be in control of this game. You know, the the FDU defense has been impressive and, you know, grabbing nearly 80 percent of their opponents misses, which is first in the NEC and, but we all know how well, you know, Central Connecticut could get after it on the glass, you know, with, with Jaden Brown and, you know, Alan Gene Rose and those guys. So I'm really going to be looking at the rebounding battle here. But also, too, how are they going to guard Ansley Almanor? Like, are you going to put Alan Jean Rose on him? That's going to be a fun matchup if that's the case. I probably would do that because Gene Rose could run around the perimeter with Almanor. And then you put Jaden Brown against Joel, uh, you know, Emmanuel. I mean, those are going to be two fun matchups in the front court to, to kind of watch for this game.
0: Our second NEC TV game of the week is on ESPN Plus this Saturday at 4 p.m. Merrimack squad firmly in contention right at the top of the NEC standings against the young St. Francis University squad who will play well at home. We know that. Merrimack has to take the long trip out there. What are you seeing from this one?
1: Well, Joe Gallo's career is 6-1 against St. Francis, and I think he's 4-0 in Loretto, so he's been doing just fine, traveling out to Loretto PA and, and beating the red flash. So we'll see if he can continue that streak. For me, I'm fascinated to see how Eli Wilborn, you know, the great freshman for for SFU, how he does against his zone. You know, you look at the analytics, he hasn't really faced his zone yet. So how, how is Rob Crimmel going to feature him against that, that tough two, three zone? How is he going to get his looks? I can imagine he's going to try to get in the middle of that zone and try to get, you know, interior touches that way. Because I know he could he could, he could make that jumper at the free throw line. He could drive it a little bit. It's going to be very interesting to see how that develops. And, uh, you know, Jordan Durkak had a near triple-double in his last game against Stonehill, you know, 12, 11, and 8. Um, and so, you know, you get Durkak rolling against that St. Francis defense. That's going to be a problem for Rob Krimmel And that Merrimack zone, you know, they forced 22 turnovers in that Stonehill win. It's been a bit of a problem for that young Red Flash team. They haven't been able to protect the ball that well. You know, 22% of their possessions have led to a turnover. That's one of the, the highest rates in the country. So they really need to take care of the basketball. Easier said than done against that Merrimack zone, but that certainly bears watching.
0: Along with our two television games this week, there'll be six other games on NEC Front Row and on the NEC On The Run series of streaming apps. You can catch those, as always, for free. That'll do it for this week's NEC On The Run podcast. Thanks to Joey Riley from Sacred Heart for taking time out of his schedule to join us and to my partner in crime here, Ryan Peters. We will be back next week for week four of NEC On The Run.